Welcome to Witch Please Radio, episode number 17. This week, we're very happy to have as our special guest, uh, Berta Prey, who is a Winnipeg-based rapper who originates from British Columbia. And uh, it's cool to have him on the show. He performed a little song at the end at the end there, um, as we've been doing with a lot of guests. Uh, we've been trying to have a guest every week if we can. That's kind of the direction going forward. It, it adds to the conversation a little bit. We get some different song choices that we would have otherwise had. And because just the three of us um, happen to know a lot of people who play music of various different types, uh, it makes sense for us to get other musicians on the show uh, to do some guest, guest performances. And so Berta Prey did one at the end of the show, and uh, it was actually pretty impromptu he was writing the lyrics while we were while we were recording the episode and uh rob kind of picked up my daughter's little toy keyboard at the end and uh they put something together it's pretty cool uh this week's theme is wasted unfortunately um john couldn't be here to participate um so it was just me rob and our guest uh who goes by his government name dane on the on the show uh so i mean if you didn't hear the performance at the end you wouldn't even realize that he was a uh music but he does and it's here and it's awesome and yeah, um, you probably know him from uh, his recent work, I guess, with labels like Peanuts and Corn and uh, Marathon of Dope and whatnot. And yeah, it was it was definitely good. Uh, we're going to be having guests for future episodes as well as the show progresses. And uh, if you want to download, you've obviously heard this download this one somehow, uh, probably through Magic. But if you want to download any of the past 16 episodes, you can go to www.witchpolice.com and there's a podcast button there. You can hit that and download or stream any of the past ones. And uh, you can also uh, check out Twitter. Uh, it's at WitchPoliceFM for the show or at WitchPolice for the, for the blog. And uh, you can follow Rob on at Rob Crooks or at RobCrooks.com. And our guest this week, Berta Prey, you can follow him at Berta Prey. You can also listen to our show on Monday nights at 11 p.m. on 101.5 UMFM. I don't know what else to say. I feel like I'm kind of rambling a lot on these intros and it just goes on and on and on. And uh, it sounds like I'm just doing it kind of off the top of my head, but the amount of times that I actually record these things and I start talking and I blah, 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 stumble over my words or, or get something wrong or mispronounce something or whatever, this is like the fifth or sixth time I've tried to do the intro. So I'm not stopping now. I don't care. Um, I don't even care if I screw it up. This is the thing we're using for the show. So enjoy. Um, it's episode number 17. The theme is Wasted. Our guest host is Berta Prey. And stay tuned at the end after the last song to get an exclusive live performance uh, of Bird of Prey uh, performing a new song related to our theme, which is awesome, uh, backed by Rob Crooks. Enjoy. <laughs> Radio. This is episode number 17, and the theme this week is, uh, I keep forgetting the theme, what is it? Wasted. Wasted, yeah. And uh, so it's a bit of a different lineup. Last week we had four people, which is kind of something we're going to be doing more often, I think, but this week John couldn't make it, so I'm here, Sam, I'm with... Rob. And... Dane. And Dane's our guest this week, which is cool. Uh, hopefully he's got some good stuff to play, I think so, and I think you do too, so... Yeah. So yeah, we're going to go from, uh, and you're going to perform at the end of the show, right? You're gonna yeah, do yeah, I'll do something. Yeah, it's something we try to do with the guests. Last week, uh, we had um, Damien from Ripping Hammer here, but he just records, he's just like a studio guy. He doesn't actually play live, so unfortunately he didn't get to do a live song, but it's something I'd like to see more, because those, those actually seem to be pretty popular, the episodes where we have the live, uh, yeah. live guests. So yeah, so anyway, uh, Wasted, um, I don't know what you guys thought about this as a theme, whether it was easy or hard, or... I didn't. I didn't come up with much, to be honest. I think probably these two songs I'm playing are 
two of the first three songs I thought of. The other one yeah. was Six Pack by Black, Black Flag, Flag yeah. but then you mentioned you might play Black Flag songs. Which I'm actually not going to do now. Right. <laughs> but, <laughs> but, so it was, but the Black Flag, you were going to play Wasted, which I was, yeah. would have made yeah. more, way more sense yeah. to the theme than Six Pack. But. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I don't I, know. I felt like some. Uh, we did a drugs episode earlier on in the, yeah. like the, one of the second or third episode, and I felt like a lot of stuff. I mean, if you're looking at Wasted that way, a lot of that stuff could have fit. Yeah, that's why I didn't I didn't pick songs that have to do with getting wasted or yeah. like being drunk or high or anything. Yeah, because I think I used the best ones that I had yeah, on that episode. Like, yeah. So, so yeah, so I'm going to kick it off. I'm going to play a song by The Slackers. Uh, I know we've talked about The Slackers on the show before uh, because John played that song that the guy was playing keyboard on. But we've never actually played them. So The Slackers are one of the few bands. Like when I was uh, in the mid-90s, I was kind of into ska a lot, and I was in a ska band and stuff, and, uh, Slackers are one of the few bands that I still listen to. I thought a lot of this stuff is embarrassing to me now, that I used to like, but, <laughs> you know, like, but the Slackers have always had, like, a really heavy soul influence, reggae influence, and, and other stuff too, so it's not, it's not like, you know, punk with horns, it's, they have a lot more depth to it. And this song I'm gonna play is called Wasted Days, which fits the theme for obvious reasons, it's the first thing I thought of. It's been one of my favorite songs of theirs for a long time, um... And it's the title track of the album, Wasted Days, which is kind of, in my opinion, they have uh, three albums that came out in a row. There's uh, Red Light, The Question, and Wasted Days. That's kind of their peak as far you know, they, they're still putting out records they got, they, they put out last year. But that was kind of the uh, the high point, is that, that series of records. And uh, so this is Wasted Days. Uh, we can talk about it after we hear it. But it's, uh, yeah, it's not, not about getting drunk or anything, but... Wasting time. That's not even about that, actually. It's more like a kind of... A, well, the Slackers, like, when we mentioned them before, it was saying that the singer has been in these contests in, um, I think it's in Europe somewhere, where it's, like, the, the saddest song of all time. Oh. And, yeah, he enters these things, and his songs are always just, like, brutally sad. Like, he can't... They're there's, awesome. a, there's actually a saddest song of all time? Well, saddest song of the year or something. And he's won this I thought, I thought that was just in that movie, uh... The Guy Mad movie. The saddest... Yeah, oh, yeah, saddest, saddest music. music. Yeah, yeah, no, 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 this is actually a thing. And, like, I've seen it on YouTube. Oh, really? And this guy, Vic Ruggiero, from the slide, the singer and keyboard player he writes really sad, depressing songs, like, usually about, like, you know, lost love kind of thing, and so this is not one of the ones he's entered, but some of the Slacker songs, I've seen him performing at these events just with, like, piano, and so this one is not as sad as some of the other ones, but it's that kind of, that kind of vibe, so. Cool. So Slacker's Wasted Days. <laughs>
Wasted Days from Wasted Days. Um, I don't know if I need to explain how it fits the theme. No, I think it's any more than that. It's pretty self-explanatory. That was the first thing that popped into my mind when I took the term wasted, so I didn't really spend, like you were saying, same with you, I didn't spend too much time digging through my records to find stuff, yeah. Yeah. Some of them I've had to, but this one is just that popped up right away, so. Yeah, it's cool. I don't know. I mean, I really like, uh, that wasn't as sad as some of his stuff, but I mean, his voice, I've always liked, um... I don't know if I like his voice. No? I think that kind of... I mean, I'm not into ska in the first place, so yeah. I'm not sure I'd be listening to it anyways, but I th- I've kind of felt like his voice turned me off. And I find that's like a lot of like uh, late 90s like punk and ska voice, like the kind of over... This isn't an exaggerated, though. I mean, you're thinking like Tim Armstrong type of thing, right? Yeah, but it's. It, I think it's in the this same ballpark. Talks, though. Well, like, I mean... It's still annoying, though. I don't know. I don't know. I like it. <laughs> maybe I wouldn't want to hear him talk either. Yeah, maybe I don't know. I don't know. I, don't know. I like it. I like it. It's... And I like. I like. I like. The thing is, it's so. It's so like. It's so like subjective or like oh, personal. Of course, yeah. Like I. I have lots of bands or lots of like artists who I really like who people can't stand because the of the voice. Yeah. yeah. So. Well, the voice is one of the things I like the most about this band. Is like I really, for some reason, I don't know. That that it, it's not a great voice. I mean, I I get it. You know, it's not yeah. like a. A beautiful voice or anything, but I don't know. It works for me, and uh, I think it sells a lot of the uh, 
heartbreaking kind of stuff that he's doing. I mean, this one, you know, is relatively mild compared to some other stuff. Like, Was there a lot of that ska stuff going on in New York at the time? Yeah, there's tons of it. Oh, it's a huge, yeah. huge scene. Yeah, for sure. And this guy's played on so much stuff. Like, I mean, the, the, I don't know he's not the whole band, right? But, like, him in particular. But, I mean, you're talking about Rancid. He played on Time Bomb and all you know, the keyboard parts and all that Oh, stuff. really? Yeah, and he's been, like, I mean, not just that, but he was, like, you know, all those New York ska bands he's been involved with somewhere. With, like, are these guys kind of like rough around the edges? Are they tough guys? I don't think so. No. I think they're nerds. Yeah. Kind of get the impression of that. I saw them live. They were great. At Aussies. Oh, really? Yeah. Probably the last show I saw at Aussies. It was good. But yeah, Wasted Days. Cool. Fits the theme. Certainly. Yeah. So I don't know which uh, one of you guys wants to... I think yours song yeah next good uh which the uh, martinis yeah, yeah why don't we play uh the the martinis uh hung over okay uh which i think <laughs> might might be a, a very uh uh you know i don't know if literal is the right word but but uh you know the quick first thing that popped in my head was uh songs about drinking and and particularly you know the, the hangover yeah. element and i guess it being an instrumental or you know whatever mostly instrumental sort of you know, but you get the you get the the feeling from it for sure. Yeah. How did you uh, How did you discover this? Um, uh, you know, it, it's funny. I just years ago, I was a number of years ago, I was poking around online, and I didn't actually hear the record. I just saw the label. Yeah. And uh, it had like a, a, a Mart- I believe it had a martini glass on the label, and it just it looked kind of hilarious. And I was like, oh, what's that? It was a forty five. So you know, there's no. Yeah. picture of the group or anything and uh um i guess since then it had been uh, it had been comped uh uh on the the, the charles packy axton uh, uh uh retrospective or or whatever you want to call it that um i think like the attic put put out a a year or two ago is he playing on this because he played sax in like one of those early I'm... bands from that yeah, I'm pretty sure he plays on this record. It's it's on the comp, so I would assume so. He had he definitely had involvement in it, yeah. and uh, and yeah, I just I thought it was kind of a cool song, and you know, you you guys sort of come from a different angle with things generally, so I thought it might be a, a you know an interesting way to to uh, listen to something different. Yeah, for sure. I was uh, I mean I don't I had never even heard this song until like I heard what songs you're going to be bringing, yeah. but. Um, I just reading some comments in the YouTube video. People were saying like, this is the only recording by this group. Is that do you know? Anything? Yeah, I think it is. is that, yeah, it's the only thing they did. Yeah. yeah, it's cool. I liked it. it was, yeah, I think it's a part one, part two thing on the same. Oh yeah, so yeah. it would be. Yeah. Cool. And you were saying they were just they were, like the Martinis were also members of a different band. I'm pretty sure members of the group are. Uh, uh, you know, I didn't, I didn't do my research, I guess, but I'm pretty sure members of the group were in, in, uh, in some of the guys from Booker Teeny and MGs, like maybe Donald Duck Dunn or somebody like that. Well, that makes sense because Alexton, yeah. right? Because his, his, uh, aunt or his mom or whatever she was. She owned Stacks she owned or Stacks, co-owned Stacks. Stacks. Yeah, yeah. Jim Stewart, so. That would also make sense why they only ever put out one seven or 145. You know, I can look yeah. this up. I have a book, uh, called Sweet Soul Music by Peter Gromlick. I think I've talked about it on the show before and it's pretty, got a pretty exhaustive discography. It's very comprehensive. Southern soul, yeah. yeah. So yeah. I'll take a look while we're listening to it and cool. see if we can find out. All right. So the song's called Hungover? Hungover.
Martinis. Martinis. Yeah. And I'm still frantically looking through his book trying to figure out um, anything about it. But uh, Packy Axton was in the band when they were in high school with Duck Dunn and Steve Cropper and stuff. So okay. I mean, obviously he had involved in the same label. So it's probably... Yeah, I, I'd say it's anything. pretty likely. I think yeah. that was the, the story I'd heard. Um, but yeah, it's like a, it's definitely in that, that vein, in that Booker T and the MGs. Oh, for sure, yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, maybe a little uh, more comical or something. Yeah, <laughs> the noise there, yeah, that was good. And you were saying this is on a Light in the Attic comp? Or? Yeah, it is. That's an awesome label. Have you heard any of that stuff? No. They put out the uh, Noel Ellis. Oh, yeah. And like a bunch of reissues. Really awesome. Everything I've heard, like I keep hearing stuff and not realizing, and, you know, people bring it over and say, "Oh, that's unlikely." I think it's always great. Like they did that country funk uh, thing that Steve had here. He didn't play anything off it, but a couple episodes ago, and yeah, that's a good label. Yeah, they did their. I guess the most notable record that uh, came out on Light in the Attic lately is the uh, or records is the Rodriguez. Yeah, yeah, because they made uh, that documentary, right? Yeah yeah, 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 and that's that's been getting a lot of attention. Yeah, I haven't seen. Have you seen that? Yeah. yeah, yeah, it was it was it was quite good. It's uh, I mean, it's such an interesting story because you know it's a guy who made, you know, an album that like uh, Cold Fact or something. Yeah, he yeah. made Cold Fact, and it, it didn't you know I guess it didn't do particularly well. And then he had a, a a friend that helped him fund a second album, which came out, and that one was, you know, and then I I, I think he, you know, he, he may not they may have sort of pushed the idea that he had very little to do with music after that. Um, yeah, but. I have a feeling he was kind of, a, you know, he was kind of doing it still, but... Was he in Africa or something? Is that well, in South doing? Africa, his record ended up over there, I guess, and just, you know, became a, a huge deal. And um, But without anybody really uh, being aware of how big it was. And then, you know, I guess, I think in the 90s he found out. And they, they sort of detailed all that in the documentary. That's cool. It was, it was really good. And the Addict did the soundtrack? Or yeah, they, yeah, they, they did. They, and they reissued the two, the two albums. Um, uh, and I know they did the soundtrack on vinyl at the very cool. least. Uh, and, uh, yeah, I guess it won uh, an Oscar. For yeah, the best, best soundtrack. Documentary. Actually, yeah. Best documentary. documentary yeah. Yeah. yeah, so I've wanted to see it for a while, actually. So I heard about it, so that's pretty cool. That's, that label is awesome. I first heard about them when they did the uh, Jamaica to Toronto thing. Yeah. Which is great. And then Noel Ellis from that, which is like one of my favorite albums. Like Yeah, the Noel Ellis album. It's great, yeah, yeah. I haven't had a chance to play it on the show yet, but, I mean, I, got, I, I bought it on vinyl, actually. Like, oh, yeah. And I, it's one of the only times I've actually ordered anything off the internet. Like, I, you know, I don't like doing it, but I actually went out of the way to get get the Noel album. Yeah. I love it. Big up uh, Cipriano and, yeah, that guy, and yeah, the, the guy. Mighty Pope yeah. as well. Yeah, that was cool. That, that song, though. I mean, I would yeah. like it. I don't know. <laughs> I say definitely fits in the yeah. with the title and everything. And, That's what I thought. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, so, you play the next song? Yeah, go ahead. Sure. Okay, um... So uh, the second song that I chose for this uh, episode was the song Wanted Wasted by P.O.S. Yeah. Off of uh, P.O.S.'s uh, uh, newest album. The second song? Is that what you're going to play now? Yeah. Oh, why didn't you just say this first song? Oh, I don't know. I miss, I <laughs> it's miss confusing. Really I miss, sorry, I misspoke. Yeah, someone tunes into this now and they'll be like, it's almost over. Yeah. Um... I haven't played a song yet. Oh no, I guess I haven't. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Out of it, I've been up. I've been up for too long already. Oh, um, you been up for? I think he's wasted. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I've been up for three days. Um, no, but uh, bath salts. what's that? Bath salts. Yeah, bath salts. Getting nice. <laughs> uh, yeah. So uh, I was just actually li- I was just listening to this this POS record the other day because I was. 
walking down the street and I this song this song came on and I was like oh this would fit the theme perfectly yeah and it's not my favorite song off the album but uh, uh, I really like it I um I got into POS a couple couple years ago when when he released his album before this one which was I guess his I guess his third solo album yeah and uh, I just really like how he blends punk rock and hip hop like he's from Minneapolis so he's like on rhyme sayers and uh, he's also, but he's also in a punk band called uh, Build Better Bombs, and he's like, uh, he just like has, you know, his, his rap music sounds really punk rock and. Okay, I've heard I've heard the name a lot, but I actually have not um, looked into his music at all. Yeah, he's pretty awesome, and and his his lyrics are really, really kind of anarchist, but I find like they're really anarchist, but not with, for one thing, not with like a political bent. Like he doesn't really seem to have a political message other than like fuck your materialism right and but I, it's it's not it's not like over the top it's not in your face it's kind of just like you know your your stuff doesn't mean anything like you know forget about it and then uh not like we're gonna destroy you because your stuff doesn't mean anything but yeah but, and, and that's the other thing about it too like on the other side of it he kind of has this this kind of punk rock like anarchist thing going that comes from a completely different place where I think a lot of punk rock uh, attitude comes from because you know like he's he's a black guy living in the states so he kind of has that like when he says fuck the police he's, he's not like he's not like saying like fuck the police because they don't like the way I dress he's like you know fuck the police because they fuck with me my whole life because right. I because like the color of my skin and so it just kind of comes off really like I, I feel like from a really interesting place right, that, it's not like know, me saying fuck the police could give me a parking ticket right yeah so I, th- I find like his his voice in hip hop is really unique, and the way he does it is is so well done that it's you know I really enjoy his last two records. How does it? How do you fit the theme with this one? What's, well, the song's called "Wanted Wasted," and the the um, the idea behind it is that you want all this stuff, but for what? Like this stuff that you want just gets wasted once you get it. Like it's right. it's just garbage. So why do you want it in the first place? There's a cool of the term of the theme like yeah so I like when, and yeah. uh this song also features uh astronautilus <laughs> <laughs> yeah since no one can see no one can see this rob's just making kind of a weird hand gesture astronautilus he's he's pretty he's pretty popular right now he's he just toured europe with tegan and sarah and he's from florida he has a song about the time he met tupac <laughs> that's really weird what no, just the the whole thing you sent us. You just said like, you know, he's from Florida. Tegan and Sarah, Tupac, 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 yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> you get yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. put it together. It's pretty basic stuff, really. <laughs> yeah, um, I, I, to be honest, I don't. I, I, my head around that. I, I, I don't know all that much about Astronautilus. Um, I know that Tegan and Sarah really liked his stuff, and they, one of them, Tegan or Sarah, did a song with him. Oh, yeah. Which is a good song. I like it. And then they toured Europe together, and then he has. Astronautilus has a song about when he was living in Florida, I guess, either he was a promoter or he was a friend of a promoter, and he was uh, talking about riding around in a car with Tupac in this one song, it's, it's interesting. And it's for real, like, he actually... Yeah, like, uh, I, I assume, I don't, I didn't really look back, look into it, I assume it's real. You could do, like, an episode about, like, like, uh, sort of strange, like, 
you know, I don't know if I call it hero worship or like super fandom where like people make yeah. songs about other people that make songs. You yeah, know, like, there's uh, a lot of that actually. Yeah, that, would yeah. Be, yeah. that uh, what's his name, Macklemore with the, the, the yeah. I, I did so much lean because I listened to Little Wayne. Yeah. <laughs> That's uh, which we should say, isn't Little yeah. Wayne like dying? Little Wayne's in the hospital yeah, right yeah, now. Yeah, yeah. yeah. well, yeah. you know what, I was um. I've been seeing a lot of stuff on the internet. People asking what Scissorp is now. Oh, really? Because <laughs> like you know, great. They're, now they're all gonna. Yeah, go and and now everyone's gonna go and do it. Yeah. And yeah. Kill themselves. Yeah, yeah. But then apparently he's not dying, or he is dying. By the time this comes out, he'll either be dead or not, right? So. I don't think he's gonna die. If he hasn't, he yeah. He's he probably yeah, right. Died. He's probably just. Gone. But I think yeah. he for sure had comas. Yeah. Like he for sure had a coma, went to the hospital, left the hospital, and had another coma, yeah. and had to go back to the hospital. Well, or not I, a coma, a seizure. A seizure. Yeah. yeah, I had read um, a mini coma. He was, uh, you know, there was like the report that he was dying or something, and then there was like the refutation from his Twitter or whatever. Yeah, I saw a thing on Twitter from Tom Green saying that uh, Little Wayne refuting that he was dying was actually a media hoax, and <laughs> 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 that he actually is dead. <laughs> Which I thought was pretty cool. Amazing. Yeah. What's well, funny how, like, I mean, I don't like to, to get into this type of shit, but it's it's funny how, like, sh- sharky TMZ is All being that, about yeah. it. Like, how yeah. how willing they were just ready to print, yeah. Lil Wayne's dead, yeah. you know? Like, well, because you got to be the first one to do it, right? Yeah, but it's like, that's, it's just, I mean, I guess no one, no one's trying to, like, hold up TMZ to being some, like, moral fucking no. organization, so who cares? No, it's like, better for them if they get it wrong. If they, if they, if there's, like, a 10% chance that they get it right that he's dead... It's still more worth their while to say he's dead than it is to. But don't. In. But isn't there isn't there repercussions for that at all? It's a tabloid. You ever look at the new, like you're the grocery yeah, store, you see so. the newspaper. It's like you but know. Are, are there like? All they have to do is issue an apology. Or they say sources tell me. Yeah. And the sources like they never name the sources. It could be some guy on the street. I heard little ways dead. Okay, let's publish it. Th- th- that's one thing that bugs me about society so much. It's like, you can say whatever the fuck you want. Of course it's, you can. It's, yeah. it's like when you watch commercials and commercials are like, this is the best thing ever. It's gonna make your life better. Yeah. It's like. Everyone knows that's not true. Like no one, I don't think anyone's falling for that. But well, they are fact, falling for it. it but, just for, but it doesn't work. Well, I think why it, would they keep doing it? Because it's just it has something to do with just being in your mind all the time. And like it's in your mind, and you're at the grocery store, and you're like, oh, this will work. I don't think it's about them saying this is the best in the world, so you go seek it out. But it's just about being in your brain. Right. So you repeat it enough, so you got to stuck yeah, there, and you can't. Help you but out. just the fact that you can say that at all, I, 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 like if I was president, I would be cracking down. Like you would not be allowed to say that shit if it wasn't true. But I'm not president. If, if Rob Crooks was president. Yeah, yeah. It'd be a lot worse place. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, let's just listen to your song. Yeah, P.O.S. Uh, Wanted Wasted featuring Astronautilus. Yeah. <laughs> uh, brought to you by Walter Fuego. Intro City. <laughs> by Cecil Otto Grant. give a fuck like the anthem when giving the fuck taking a chance black president hooray for history the shit still totally pretend i mean fuck sports team on my back though doom free hoopty cadillac flow <laughs> no kings only thinking in dreams only work for impossible things we the best in the world wait what who the best in the world i don't know we 
We the best in the world at getting sick. Try to find our place. I'm the best in the world at kicking it and working on some future shit. Peace to anonymous, good looking out. I give it up for who's seeking the solution. Scheme for the rest of us, what's cooking out? Great plans, manage slim chances, damage all standards, advance, advantage. And it's hot too. Who the boss? Who on top, boy? Not you, not me. Same team, except we don't expect the same things. I mean, all that glitter stay cold. Same old story unfold. Shit, it's in a black man's soul to rock that gold. Nah, it's in a black man's soul to take a chain off. It's in a black man's soul to roll. It seems like a black man's rolls to folks cheat <laughs> And the white folks laugh Shit, but they chasing the same carrot Same debt, same trap Same aim, same crap Want it, waste it <laughs> We stray from that path We kicked it in the haunted basements Where we all so ghosts No kings Only working on impossible yeah. things We the best in the world Want it, waste it yeah. Who the best in the world? I don't know You? We the best in the world Sorry, We Don't Even Live Here is what it's called. Uh, that's his most recent album. And uh, I was just I was just talking about how uh, P.O.S. wasn't able to tour that album. Like, he hasn't t- taken this album on tour yet. And it was released last year in October. And uh, the reason he wasn't able to take it on tour is because he had uh, kidney problems that uh, seemed to date back to a skateboarding injury he had when he was like 12. And, uh, so it's kind of been like a ticking time bomb for him. And, uh, so I guess it just, he was getting really tired and wasn't able to do shows and, 
And so I got to the point, like, I think like a week or two before he was supposed to leave for his tour to promote this album, he, uh, he had to cancel it. And, uh, it's interesting about how many indie rappers in the past few years have had to, um, like make funds on the internet for fans to donate, like fans and supporters to, to, to donate, to like help them cover their medical bills. Like in the States, I guess. Yeah. Like, like there's POS and Saphir right now. Um, in the past, there's been Camu Tao, Mr. Dibs. Um, and then they successfully, like, they actually get the money, or? Camu Tao passed away. Oh, well. He couldn't couldn't afford his medical bills. He had cancer. Uh, Saphir, um, I find it hard to believe that Saphir will get it, because Saphir's been out of the spotlight for so long. Like, he was kind of really popular in the 90s, but... And then he was on, like, the Up in Smoke tours, but I don't know how much... The thing, the thing with a guy like that, though, um, not that, you know, obviously Kenny Tao you know, was a, an incredible artist, too, but with Saphir, it's like, there's a whole, like, enclave of people that feel that, like, Boxcar Sessions was one of the best hip-hop yeah. records ever made. Yeah. And it's not like one or two, it's like a lot of, you know, yeah. and even if that only represents, you know, three or four thousand people, like, I'd say out of them, like, you know, Enough somebody, give money somebody that, yeah. will. You know. And I think he probably has enough friends in the industry, too, who maybe yeah. will donate. But from what I understand in Saphir's case, it's kind of like a lost cause. Like, he he even went, he even raised the money to go to a specialist, and the specialist told him he couldn't do anything for oh. him. Is this because these guys, because of the job that they do, they don't have health insurance? Is that like, was that yeah, what they did? Yeah. yeah, I think so. I think Well, that, it's, there's, you know, there's, I mean, as an artist in the States, even if you're on a, I think if you're signed yeah, whatever that means in 2013, yeah, yeah. but uh, I don't think they offer you healthcare, and I don't think oh, yeah, healthcare is right, offered. Yeah. Well, I was I was reading an article about POS, and he was talking specifically about this thing he's going through, and he he actually raised the money. He actually he needed like twenty four thousand dollars, and then he raised like thirty six thousand in like on Kickstarter in, in less time. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, mm-hmm. but he was saying he does have insurance, and and I because I know in the states you can. You can like if you if your job doesn't offer it, you can pay for it, right? Yeah. yeah. So, I think he has insurance, but his insurance just wouldn't cover this. Like it wasn't. Yeah. It was an um, exclusion or whatever, or it was a pre-existing condition. Or, yeah, something, yeah. something scary and weird. Yeah. Um, but he seems to be fine. Like he's like in the in the interviews I read with him, he's he seems to be pretty pretty confident that he's going to be able to go on tour in the next, you know, this year at least. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know what happened with Mr. Dibbs. I think Mr. Dibbs recovered because for a while it seemed really bad, but now he seems to be in high spirits on the internet. Like, I certainly don't know the guy, but... Yeah, I'm sure he... I think he's touring and stuff, so it's it's probably... Yeah. And I know... I, he's still at Scribble Jam's happening this year. Is it really? I think so, yeah. Wow. I saw something about it, so... That's weird. That's cool. It's not even something that would even consider, though, like the, uh, the idea that you're... I mean... You know, I don't even think about that, right? Yeah. You just think, you listen to a guy's record, you don't think, oh yeah, he probably doesn't have benefits, like, you mm-hmm. know, because he's assigned to whatever, you know, especially a guy who's like a, on an indie label or something, you're not going to mm-hmm. get... Well, it, mm-hmm. but even on a major, it's yeah, like, it's true. Yeah, the yeah. assumption is, is that you're, you know, and, it, and it's such a, a whatever, I don't know what to call that, some kind of, it's nonsense, it's like, you're... What the expectation is that you're going to be some kind of like multi millionaire yeah. and it won't matter, but like honestly, how many people does that 
you know, it's like, what is that, like 10 people a year or oh, something? Oh, yeah, even maybe. most of the ones who get signed, they get, they get one album. Yeah, or, even, and they don't even, yeah. You know, a single might come out or yeah. something. It's like, they're not taken care of in that way. Well, I think everyone assumes, yeah, you major label equals automatic millionaire famous and everything. But have you read that uh, essay that Steve Albini wrote? No. About, about Berkeley? Yeah, it was yeah. Awesome. It's, Definitely. it's just this it's really big good. rant. He wrote it was like in the early 90s, I think he wrote it. Yeah. And it's just this really, really detailed rant of why like the record industry yeah. sucks. Well, well when you think about it then compared to yeah, now. Yeah, now it's, it's like, yeah, forget yeah. it. It's a whole other animal. It's not, it's not only, only false dreams, but it's a great way to end your career. Like if you're a rapper and you sign into a shitty deal and then the label decides they don't like your album, then you're fucking done. Right, they're not going to put it out or whatever, yeah. and, you can't, yeah. and you can't do anything else because they own you. Yeah. But does that even happen as much anymore, though? I, I mean, I don't think so. Because like, people really. are just releasing stuff like on their own, right? Yeah. I mean, like... Yeah, if you, if you give it... Well, who was it that got... Uh, I don't, I'm not a big fan of that group. Uh, but I don't... I, I shouldn't say that. I don't know their music at all. But there was a... Uh, um, there was a group recently that released their album... Before the major had a chance to put it out, they they like oh death grips yeah death I don't grips, like them yeah. either but I like the, I like the music but not the rapping but yeah, yeah they were yeah, uh, yeah they yeah. Uh, I shouldn't say I don't know them like I don't know the band but I do know the story and I heard it and, and what like, happened well, they put out the album before the label was gonna release the album but then I forget why do you remember what it was about they, they I think it was just own. slow as usual these things yeah. get slow and and a group like that is probably like it's kind of uh, phenomenal that you know. They, they it was epic, right? They yeah, yeah, I think Epic signed yeah. them, and it's it just, it just it's, totally sounds like, like 1994 or something. Yeah. You know, you're like, well, Epic it, exists. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the last time I heard they were putting up Pearl Jam records. Yeah, you know. And, same, same thing happened with, uh, like, Saigon. Like, Saigon was supposed to be the next fucking superstar rapper. Yeah, even, then, like, Rolling Stone was writing about him and stuff. And then, and then his, his label wouldn't release his record. And then he finally just did it himself. He put it, he leaked it himself, and I think he got sued. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's the, the sort of, yeah, that's the kind of thing. But they put it out like, they, they just publicly just said, oh, we're putting it out anyway. And then they released it like, I think the album cover is just a picture of a guy's dick and had something written on it. Who are the death, who are death It's uh, um, the guy from Hella, the drummer from Hella. Um, you know Hella? No. Uh, the drummer from Hella did a band with Omar Rodriguez Lopez. That, oh, okay. that album I have that I played the song from the other time. Right, okay. And he's in the band with this rapper. I don't remember, do you know the guy's name? I don't know. And it's just the two of them. He has the music, the guy raps. And uh, it's kind of heavy and noisy and almost industrially at points. But yeah, it was like really like critical. People like, loved it. Yeah. Well received, yeah. and it was it was like a, they were like a buzz group, whatever that yeah. means. And they ended up getting a deal, but it's you know, it's one of those situations where you're like, is this even like a serious? Like, is this like real? You know, yeah. <laughs> like are they actually? Is this you know a thing? They're instrument. They're like they put out one of their other albums. The first time I heard of them, I downloaded it because I'd read it on some list of like these are the uh, the mixtape you need to download for the year or some website. I had it somewhere. I'll check it out. And the beats are awesome. Like the music is really cool. The guy's rapping is I can't can't get into it. Yeah. He just kind of yells stuff, and it's not very eloquent yeah. or anything. It's just. Is he like that? He's like a big tattooed bald guy. Is he that guy who used to like rap on the on the? What was that band that like Tim Armstrong? The Transplants. No, no, no. It's like that though. It's like that. It's okay. not that guy. That guy was skinhead Rob. And he was really lame. It's weird that there's a lot of those guys now. Who just yell stuff? Well, just big, bald, tattooed, tattooed guys, up guys yeah. who just yell stuff. Yeah. You know, I saw the Transplants live, though, and they were great. Except for that guy. I'm sure they would be great. Yeah, that guy was brutal. He's just yelling up yelling, like, how many people have friends who sell drugs? You know? <laughs> the crowd's like, yeah. I was like, what? What is this? Like, you know? So, I don't know. 
But speaking of uh, punk... how many people on stage have insurance? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but speaking of punk rock, though, I was looking at the lyrics to the song we just listened to, and there's a reference in there which I just lost on my hero. He says, "I know every word of the decline and sing it back." Been living that, might as well know the soundtrack. Is that the No Effects? Like the decline, the No Effects single? I don't know enough about No Effects. Because No Effects put out this uh, as like a 12 minute or nine minute single. It was great. It's like the last good thing they did. Like I mean, I don't really listen to them anymore. I did when I was a teenager and stuff, but they put it out in. You know, it was one thing when I was. Like, would that make sense that he was listening to No Effects though? This guy. Oh, well, I mean, yeah. he was he was into hardcore and punk before he he actually came to rapping through being ba- in bands. Like okay, hardcore so it probably is bands. a reference to that thing. Yeah. When I was in Europe, I f- fucking it, it, every city I went to, No Effects was spray painted on the walls. Really, like, it's weird. everywhere. They must have just toured through or something, right? Like could have been. Maybe it was fucking them. Maybe it was Fat probably. Mike. Fat Mike is insane. I read an interview with him the other, like not the other day, but a few months ago, and. Apparently, all he, all he, all he's interested in is doing drugs and like uh, violent sex, <laughs> like really messed up. And he says he like never used to do drugs before, but now that he's almost fifty, all he does is just do coke and like uh, coke. That's get, gross. Get like whipped and stuff. Like it's really weird. When you said drugs, I was like, yeah, that guy's awesome. But coke, no, no, he's not yeah. awesome. Coke sucks. Yeah. But, I mean, he's a successful record label and stuff, right? And the brand's still popular, I guess. So, no. might as well blow it all down the tube. <laughs> I mean, like, yeah. doing a bunch throw of it, Throw it all away <laughs> 30 years later. Funny, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. I don't know. So, yeah. Uh, that was a weird tangent because of the decline, but... Yeah, let's play the next song. So, yeah. uh, Dane, you want to play your next song? Yeah, um, I, I, I picked a, a KMD a Sweet Premium Wine. Uh, which is, uh, it's just a cool little, uh, flip of like a, I'm not sure if it's a, a record or a TV commercial sample, um, talking about, uh, uh, you know, what sounds like wine that probably costs like two or three dollars, you know, that, that sort <laughs> yeah. of deal. And, uh, I don't know, it's just, it was a favorite of mine growing up. We got the, um, I'm not sure if you guys know much about the, the candy, the, the causing much damage story, uh, the yeah, get censored or something? Yeah, yeah. Uh, Zebel of X from Candy became MF Doom, da da da. But at the time, uh, I was really, really into the first the first album, like really into it in a weird way because it didn't, it wasn't hugely popular or anything. But I just listened to it a ton and uh, was anticipating the second album. And a single came out, and I bought that, and I was really hyped on that. And then um, they got dropped because of the cover art, which was controversial and had, uh, you know, r- um, racial overtones and whatever else. But it seemed like a weird situation. Like, there was just a lot of hysteria or whatever around hip-hop music at that time. And, and it was like I think it was just, music, yeah, it was just a casualty of that. But uh, I think the record's a real, it's a very different record from the first Candy record. Um, but you can see the progression from that to the second album to the MF Doom record. And uh, thinking of Wasted, this was just a song. Uh, oh, I guess what I should say is back then at the time, I tracked down this, there was this weird sort of, I don't know if it was a bootleg or a self-release thing, but it was, uh, it just said Cam D Black Bastards, and it was, uh, which was the name of the album, and it was it was just a white, black and white label uh, with no cover, and it was in a couple stores, and I picked one up at the time, and, and I think, I'm pretty sure this tune was on it. Um, because a, f- a few tracks weren't on it, and then they came out later. I think uh, um, Fondalum Records released it much like in the late '90s or maybe early 2000s. 2001, it looks yeah. like. Yeah, yeah, and uh, and 
yeah, but anyway, it was a it was a really important record for me, and I thought I thought it fitted it fit the theme really well. So cool. All right, let's check it out. Forget it. Hey, let's have a drink. You're drinking too much of that I'm wine right. of yours. Why don't you and I have a drink? Oh, but of course, uh, there's no wine in the world like it. say who their influences were because they just like they were like totally just trying to do something so different that they they said they never listened to other music if that's true or not i don't know but they definitely didn't want to like say they had influences it's usually when people say that i I, you know i can't speak on the particular case but i have heard people say that before and it's usually not true well (laughs) but i think i always think that that's just more of like a like a philosophical yeah, it's a standpoint. Right, right. You say, like, I don't, instead of saying, you know, whoever, Kraftwerk uh, influenced me, which, you know, is probably somewhat true, it's like... But they actually go out of their way to say that they were trying to do something different than Kraftwerk and Tangerine Dream because they yeah. were, 
But doesn't to... that make them influences? Exactly. If you, if you're... Yeah. Exactly, because you're anti-craft work, yeah. so you're right. you're influenced by craft work. So like, but they were talking about how like you know when they started doing music and they were like really into punk, but they they didn't understand why these punk bands were using the same riffs and the same instruments that all their like fathers were using. Yeah. And so that's why they got into synths, and they but they didn't like how all these rich bands like they you know Tangerine Dream and Kraftwerk they didn't like how they used synths because they were using them so properly and how they're supposed to right. be used and they just wanted to fucking like be free and like do whatever they wanted on them. And that's actually who you're going to play next, right? Yeah, I'm going to so, play Duff. Do we have any, is there anything else you wanted to say about that track we just listened to? Uh, no, I, I, I think, uh, you know, I think that's, I said a bunch about it in the, before we played it and that's yeah. probably it. Yeah. yeah. Cam D has like, a, I think a really interesting history, like the stuff you were saying about how the one member left the group after the first album and then and then Zed Love X's brother died. He got hit by a car, and then yeah, and then and then we didn't hear from. Yeah, and dude came back like five, five probably five six years later as yeah. as well as MF Doom and, and became and still, became a huge yeah. fucking rap star, you know, yeah. Like, yeah. To, to a certain well, degree. Well, yeah, he's a rap star, but to a I think he's a like in in the, I think like MF Doom is in the colleges. You know, yeah, like yeah, he's yeah, in the yeah, universities, yeah. which yeah. kind of makes you yeah, you're fair enough, I guess. A rap yeah, star. Yeah. And people who are, don't necessarily listen to rap primarily know who he is at least. And I think the reason that he isn't a rap star is almost his own doing because he wears the mask and he yeah. never reveals it. He never talks about himself. Yeah, I don't even know if he really does interviews. Like, I don't he, think I've ever read one, but doesn't mean a couple. Yeah, I've yeah. seen a couple. Yeah, but he's done like you know he's done songs with like Ghostface Killer. Like he could. Didn't be, he have an album that was supposed to come out with Ghostface or? Oh, could be. Yeah, so yeah, they did. Apparently, they did a record together. I haven't. That heard. was like years ago, right? Yeah, and I kept saying it's. I think it. I think it was finished. I just don't think it came out, or at least that's what I heard. Um, I yeah, I, I really uh, and you can you can definitely hear like the, you know, it's it's one of those things. It's like listening to the first KMD album, which seems to be very you know bright and like, you know, youthful in a sense, and then the second one where it's it's like, grimier. Yeah, like a lot of what just drinking and like yeah yeah and, and whatever like it's it you know there's there's songs about guns on it which yeah. compared to the first album just seems it's and what, what year like we're talking about the first album was like 92 uh, probably not yeah 90 i think i think i was looking at it earlier when we were listening to it. i think it's i close it now i think it's at 89 for the first one maybe no, no it was, it was later than that um, i may have been reading the wrong thing there but but it was it was definitely an early product of the early 90s the second one i think was uh, 93 i first heard the single and and then Doom put sure. his record out in ninety seven maybe ninety six or ninety seven for the the first Fondulum twelve with Hay and, and Gas Draws and all that mm-hmm. and that was that was also like that was a, a great little moment for for independent rap because yeah. it was it was such a you know four track sounding you know he sounded uh, depressed and high or drunk or something on the record and you listen yeah. to it and compared to the earlier stuff it was like another transformation you know it was first one was 91 yeah yeah so you got this like at the time it came out this is like oh yeah how did yeah. you i mean you know was it readily available or did you have to pay it, much? no it was yeah. you it, you could i mean i i didn't grow up in winnipeg i lived in yeah, vancouver you, and uh i guess well when the D record came out i think there was a store called rhythm zone in vancouver um and a DJ out there named Kilo C, who's like a, Kilo is like a, you know, he's like a, a prime motivator for hip-hop music in Vancouver, and one of the, the 
you know, real deal dudes out there. He worked at a, the store Rhythm Zone, and I remember success, uh, successively buying every KMD 12-inch as it dropped. Oh, yeah. And I picked up, uh, I'm trying to think, like probably Peach Fuzz would have been the first one, Who Me, and then Nitty Gritty, uh, which fe- featured uh, Leaders of the New School. And uh, yeah, I think I think that's what it was. Um, but anyways, I, I bought them as they came out, and I bought the album when it came out. And they were all they were all around, but it wasn't, you know, it wasn't like Tribe Called Quest or, yeah, yeah, or yeah. you know, uh, NWA or whatever, like bigger, more well known groups. I don't they think were still you ever kind of fringe. Have found here. Uh, I don't think KMD would've... like in Winnipeg. No, no, that's what I was thinking. Yeah, you know, when I, I mean, yeah, I can imagine. Yeah, no. yeah, I don't. I don't really know the situation here. I, I feel like there was more. There was maybe more, more awareness of rap music here in the eighties. Maybe. Maybe. And then in the nineties it sort of dropped off and then picked up by the by the early to mid nineties. That's that's the vibe I get talking to people. Like at least in terms of being able to accessibility. Yeah. You know, it's like I think the eighties stuff was around, you know, yeah. and working at a record store buying used records, I see yeah. stuff from the eighties more than I see stuff from the early. Yeah, 90s. that's true actually. Now that you mention that, you'll yeah. you will find that rare record from the eighties in like a used bin, but not so much like mid 90s unless it's a reissue yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. I kind of like that about um, that's like the good thing about how vinyl has become popular again with kids though because you can get so everything's being reissued is awesome there's so much stuff you can find that. oh that's hard to find yeah and like, per, like, I personally don't care about you know like, which pressing it is or whatever I just want to get the records so. oh yeah as long as you get the music yeah so I'm, I, I love that, that everything's available. I care to a certain extent though like yeah. there there are a couple like reissues that I bought just because I was like oh shit I need this yeah. and then you know, and then you take it home and you listen to it, and it was like, you know, like, I kind of wish I had, like, an original pressing, or, like, I mean, obviously, it's not, it's not possible in all situations, yeah. but, you know, sometimes you will buy a record, and you put it on the needle, and it just fucking sounds like a shitty CD. You know? Well, some of them are, like, master from yeah. CDs, though, right? Well, and there's, like, there is a yeah, lot of, boot, yeah. there is a lot of, like, technically bootleg yeah. situations out there where people are just taking, like... They're like taking like a needle drop recording of an LP and releasing it, and that's one thing. But you know, most of the reputable labels have, you know, quality. They're mastered for vinyl. It should yeah. sound good, yeah. but not everything does. For yeah, sure. it depends what you're looking for too, right? Yeah, I mean, if it's something that was crappy quality to begin with, like it's gonna. Yeah, well, and and you, you get an original copy of certain records. You know, one of one of the the best points I can think of, especially with hip hop albums, because they tend to be long. Is the the older pressings are usually single vinyl and the newer pressings are usually double. double. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, you'd rather much rather have that. Yeah, you know? yeah, that's yeah. true. Cool. Okay, so I'm gonna, a bit of tangent there. So go on. I'll play my second song um, by Daff, aka Deutsche Amerikanische Freundschaft. Um, so I'm gonna play a song called uh, "Waste Waste Your Youth." Okay. Uh, aka Verschwendi dein Jungen. Yeah, I don't speak. I don't speak a word of German, and I wish I did. Well, it sounds flawless, man. Thank you. Yeah, I don't know the difference. Right? <laughs> I just, I just studied. You just sound angrier. You need to just like yell it. Gold und Lieb. There you go. Is the album? <laughs> yeah. it came out on Virgin. <laughs> That's so you've played these guys before, right? And when uh, yeah. you played that Der Mussolini track, that was the yeah. yeah. And I think I played the Der Mussolini track on. When the subject for the episode was police, and I think yeah, yeah, yeah. and I think I kind of just pushed it on there because yeah, I had just gotten into it and, and you I wanted, wanted to play, to play yeah. it. That actually, that, uh, incidentally, that uh, episode is like the second most downloaded because of death. I don't know, maybe probably yeah. But uh, yeah, this 
that was off their second album, and this is uh, their third album. And, uh, yeah, like I was saying before, how uh, these guys had, like, three albums that all kind of sounded the same. Like, this is going to be a sample of that of that sound, where it's just like this. Because they originally were a four-piece band. And then the two guys, uh, Robert Goral and Gabby, were just, like, just decided they didn't need the two other guys. They were like, you know, we just... Uh, Robert Goral plays all the instruments, so he does all the, the the programming on the keyboard, and then he plays the drums too. And then I guess I guess they get drum, like a drummer for live shows. That's what I like. Do remember this? Yeah, I've ever seen the video of the, the other song he played a lot the other time, and uh, yeah. I was really impressed that they had the live drumming. That was cool. Yeah. And so, so does this have live drums on it, or is it? Is it all yeah, this yeah. is live drums. Yeah. So I guess they got to a point where they're like, oh, there's only so much you can do with like the 16, 16 bar uh, sequence loops and drums and I guess they went off and I think both of them individually had like kind of techno careers where they were just kind of making techno music and and I think their later stuff together was kind of more in that strain but this is you know like kind of proto proto electro like electro punk kind of stuff cool I think this album is from 81 or 82 yeah 81 straight out of uh, Dusseldorf they came from the same place as Kraftwerk and yeah as we were saying before you know they were like they were influenced by Kraftwerk in the sense that they were trying not to be Kraftwerk. Right. So, uh, yeah, what's this song called again? Oh, Waste Your Youth. Waste Your Youth. Okay, DAF. Is it DAF or is it DAF? Well, you know what, when I went, when I went to the store, I always, I called them DAF, yeah. and then when I went to the, uh, when I was in the, the record store in Germany, in Castle, Germany, I was like, do you have any DAF? And he's like, who? I'm like, yeah. and I was like, like really poorly tried to say the name yeah. in in German. And he's like, "Oh, Daff, Daff." And then, since then, every time I notice it, people mention it. They call them Daff. Daff. So cool. Yeah. Let's check it out.
So that was uh, Waste Your Youth by uh, Daff. It was good. I liked it. It was a very, very punk rock yeah. kind of thing, yeah. I wish I was in that band. Yeah. Well, not really, but it would be fun to play, play live. It would be really cool to play live. Yeah. I like, uh, I, yeah, I really got into them recently. They're just, yeah, I like how they're punk, but they're not like, I like how they've got the electro feel. It's funny because they don't, because they don't sound like that innovative now because it's like everyone's in a fucking synth band these yeah, days. Yeah, totally. But, yeah. Yeah. But back then, I think it was like kind of, you know, for a for a punk band to have a keyboard and a drummer and a singer. Yeah, that cool. was that wasn't really happening. Are they like extremely well known over there? Like, did you have any, you have any trouble finding them? I mean, I understand about the name thing, but I don't think they were like super well known. I think they probably had like a pretty strong cult following. Yeah, they're they're very. I think they're very popular in North America. Like with yeah. record with people kind into of that people, kind of music, yeah, yeah. you know, heads. Like. I, yeah, I would be surprised. Like, I'm surprised I ha- it took me so long to find out about them. I guess because probably because they speak in German and all their lyrics are in yeah. German. Yeah, it's a bit of a stumbling block, right? Like, yeah. yeah. But um, yeah, like when I was talking to that guy at the record store, he was like, he'd, he'd say that uh, they would play Castle Germany like every three months. You know, like, you know, to varying size crowds. I think you know, I think they were just like a touring band that yeah was kind of. You know, just trying to be really different and like really make a statement. Um, I th- you know they they're from Dusseldorf, which is a really like rich town, and I think, but it's also a lot of a lot of like arts there. Like apparently, there's like kind of this whole like Paris to Dusseldorf kind of connection between art and fashion, okay. and so they were like really into you know being being in the face of that. You know, like getting yeah. in the face and kind of disrupting things and making this weird art well it's cool music. I like it I like it yeah. I, I mean that, the first time I heard them was when you played them the other time it's done but I mean I, I feel like I'm uh, a little behind on my stuff from that kind of European stuff from that era you know most of the stuff I listened to from the early 80s is Jamaican yeah like I listen to a lot of like early dancehall and stuff but that kind of stuff is totally like I skipped and punk too right but then I, I skipped all that I didn't get the exposure to it for whatever reason so it's cool I like it it's yeah good so yeah, I guess um, I'm gonna play a tune now. Um, I was gonna play a bunch of other stuff, and I kind of scrapped it all. Like you were saying at the beginning, the Black Flag song. Uh, I want to play Black Flag at some point in the show, but I want to make sure I, you know, that Wasted wasn't one of my favorite songs out there, so I didn't want to do it. I'm gonna play a song from Tonight's the Night, which is my favorite Neil Young album, and uh, the, the song is called "Roll Another Number for the Road." And the reason for for putting this on here is uh, and fitting with the theme is that this album came out. Um, was recorded in 73 on one day like they record most of it just in a single session and it was uh after their guitar player from crazy horse had died of an overdose and one of their roadies so the whole thing is almost like a wake like they um they're like you can tell that they're drunk throughout most of it and they're sad and it's it's really really loose and rough and raw 
and like the songs are amazing. Like, it's, it's one of my, you know I'm a big Neil Young fan, and this is my favorite of his records. But it's um, I kind of like how it's just you can tell it's recorded in the day, and they're pissed off, and they're sad, and they're they're drunk. And uh, this song is really kind of a downer, but it um, it doesn't specifically address the guys dying. Like they do that on the on the title track and on a couple other things. But this one I really like because it's kind of almost like the uh, it's almost almost wrapping up the whole like drunken binge in which they recorded the, the record. It's not the last song, but it would work as the last song. The last song is a, a reprise of uh, Tonight's the Night. So. so I'll put this on, and normally what we would do on a show um, is this would be the last song we I do my whole spiel about, you know, where you can download this stuff and everything. And uh, But since we're going to do a live thing afterwards, uh, we're going to come back after the song and not talk about the song, just because, you know, no time for that. <laughs> and uh, then, we'll, then we'll do that stuff, so... Uh, do you guys have you heard this? Like, either of you? Uh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. I, I'm a big Neil Young fan too. Yeah, and, and I really like the album, and it's a it's a great cut, good choice. Thanks. Yeah, this is one that kind of took me a while to get into. I mean, I had my parents are big Neil Young fans, like my dad's. Like, they've they've seen them live like ten times or something or more. I've only seen them twice, but um, I kind of inherited a bunch of my dad's old records when he stopped listening to vinyl, and I didn't get this one until quite a few years later, and it's just like instantly like. You know, this is my favorite Neil Young album. So yeah. play the song, and then we'll uh, come back, and you're gonna do some music. Yeah, I, I, I wrote a little, little verse while we've been sitting here, so cool. I'll, uh, I'll do that. Maybe we'll hook up a beat or something. Yeah, well, we can look yeah. through. I'm sure one of these records here has got something we can use. Right on. Awesome. Okay, here we go. Yeah, yeah. It's too dark to point the keys in my ignition. The morning sun is yet to climb my hood ornament. But bleed for too long, I might see those flashing red lights. Look out, Mama, cause I'm coming home tonight. I think I'll Oh, I don't believe I'll be going back. 
Alright, so that was uh, Neil Young, Roll Another Number for the Road, and uh, we're going to go into the performance in a minute here. Uh, if you want to check out any more episodes of this show, you can go to uh, www.witchpolice.com. There's a whole page of podcasts. You can download or stream any of th this one, which you've obviously heard, and any of the previous uh, 15 episodes. And you can also listen to our show on Monday nights at 11pm on UMFM 101.5. And you can check out the show on Twitter. It's at WitchPoliceFM. And there's also an at WitchPolice. And Rob's at at Rob Crooks. And Dane's at, at BirdApples. Bird, bird of Prey now. At Bird of Prey. Yeah. So, um, yeah, do you want to just maybe give a little bit of info about what this is? and then we'll, um, uh... Yeah. Well, while we were sitting here and we were talking about uh, Wasted as a concept, I just sort of, between songs, uh, wrote a, a, a verse and a, a little hook and... Uh, we saw the keyboard in the corner and uh, thought it might be fun just to throw something together quick. Uh, me and Rob have a record coming out. Yeah. Um, cool. So cool. concept album. Yeah, it's called Argyle and it's about schools and school and other things, schooling. All right, so should we go? Yeah, go ahead. Let's do it. Praise phrases, hands up high in a sit down town. You're a stand up guy, but potential in action, eventually fraction. A world of boredom and provincial distractions, pencil protections moving in circles. A steady turn that never reveals a purpose. Placeholders seeking replacement, another overflow, feeling displacement. Squandered riches, sense of value. A thinner issue found in denser volumes. Tense of bandage, stretched too thin. Doors open, but don't let you in. Wasted talent, wasted time. Wasted body, wasted mind. Wasted talent, wasted time. Wasted body, wasted mind. 